Last week, we started a new speaking series called, Who is This King? Christmas had taken us up to the stage that the wise men came looking for the new baby king. And so now we're looking to figure out who this king is. Johnny kicked us off last week. So this week, we're moving on to uh, who is this king, the son of God. And that's quite a vital issue to think about when you think about Jesus. Is Jesus a man or is Jesus more? Is Jesus normal or not? Is he the son of a man or is he son of God? And that was core to the Christmas story. Was Jesus's father Joseph or was Jesus's father God? Um, Now the Christmas story is quite clear about it from the standpoint of the angel shows up, talks to Mary and says, so the holy one to be born will be called the son of God. So Mary had no question, but Mary was alone in the room with the angel. There wasn't a crowd of people sitting there and listening, but there was a whole crowd of people who grew up and lived with Jesus where he lived. And so 30 some years on when Jesus goes into ministry, there's a stage where he comes back to his hometown Matthew 13, and I'll read it a little a couple verses. Coming to his hometown, he, Jesus, began teaching the people in their synagogue. And they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? So that's the challenge, isn't it? Is Jesus the son of God, or is he just the son of Joseph? And that's a really important question for us to deal with today. And we're going to do it by going through four different, trying to find answers to four questions. First off, what does the Bible say? Secondly, what does God say? Thirdly, what did Jesus say? And then fourthly, what do you say? We'll start out with what did the Bible say? And I'll read out today's passage, which is Matthew Chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. Matthew 3, 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, the heavens was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So that's what the Bible says. Well, let's take a minute before we dive further on and think about when we say son, what does that kind of mean? And to, to, to make it kind of make a little bit of reality to it, I'm going to use my son Jordan as an example. He quite often comes to church with Valerie and me. He's not here today. He's in India, so he's fair game. So I'll use him as an example. Um, and if you meet Jordan, one of the things you'll notice is that Jordan as my progeny, looks quite a bit like me. That's quite nice. Um, 
he's kind of a little mini-me because a few of Valerie's genes snuck in. But he does look a lot like me. Secondly, if you ever had a chance to hang around with Jordan, you'd find out that he spends a lot of time talking about international things. He collects Africans' carvings and masks. We went and saw his uh, house over the Christmas period. It was great. They all had Santa hats on. Um, So he acts a lot like I do. And we don't think about it quite so much nowadays, but certainly in the past, there was a lot of concern with parents of their children kind of represented them. They represented the Andersons when they went out in public. So you trained them to act good, at least in public. Um, We used to have that a bit with our kids. Our kids would be acting up like mad at home. But people would tell us in public, you have such nice kids. And we did eventually agree that if they were only going to be nice in one place, we did want it to be in public. Um, there's an element of, because Jordan is my son, you would hope that he's close to us. That's part of why he comes out. Yes, he comes out to get a wonderful meal from Valerie, and because, of course, the service is worth it. But he also comes out because it gives him a chance almost once a week to see us and stay close, which is nice. And so he spends time with us. And if you run back through those things, they're good things to think about a little bit with Jesus. Because if Jesus is son of God, you should be able to look at Jesus and see a bit of what God is like. What does God actually look like? Jesus gives us a visible picture of what our invisible God looks like. And Jesus acts like God. That's why he's nice. That's why he's merciful. That's why he's loving. That's why he's caring. Is because he acts like a God. And Jesus represents God. He wasn't just wandering around saying, hey, I'm the son of God, but not able to do anything unusual. He had the power and authority of God. He represents God. He's close to and spends time with God. That's why Jesus would take so much time out and pray, because he wanted to spend time with his father. And we're going to have a series on prayer coming up after the end of this series, so you can look forward to hearing a bit more like that. And like we were reminded by this morning with our questions that I did not know a single answer to. Thank you for confirming my ignorance. Um, Jesus, as the Son of God, is the one and only, so to speak, full heir of the royal line of God. That's why he had that authority and power. So that's kind of the first question of what does the Bible say, but what does God say? I'm not going to take us someplace else. I'm going to take us right back to this passage because it's a great, clear place of God speaking. What do we see happen? We see heaven opened. Only God can do that. Why would God do that for a normal person? The spirit came down, shows a great connection, heaven coming down to this specific person. And if that's not enough, a voice from heaven said, and God cannot lie, remember, that's what scripture says. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You don't get a much more clear statement from God than that. This is my son. What did Jesus say? I did this sermon in the previous service. More of them can remember the 60s clearly than necessarily in this service. But if you're too young... There was a time in the 60s when Jesus was fashionable. 
because he had the beard, he had the long hair, he had the sandals, he looked like a hippie, he hung around with a bunch of people in kind of what looked like a commune, they did good stuff, they decided he was even a superstar, wrote a musical about him. Jesus was trendy, but those people who thought Jesus were trendy did not usually think he was the son of God. He was just a really good guy. And the church made some additional claims, but that was just the church. So it's really important to say, not what did we think, but what did Jesus say about himself? Did Jesus think he was something really special and unique? And if he was that special and unique, we probably should pay attention to what he says. So let's see a few of the things Jesus said. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. This is a little cocky sounding. He's saying not God is. He's saying I. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What a claim. A man standing there in front of other men and women saying, I am the only way to God. Not the high priest, not the temples, not the prophets, not the scripture, not putting that stuff down, but I am the way. That's pretty exclusive. Secondly, John eleven twenty five. 25. So if he hasn't said enough, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Jesus is sounding pretty confident in his position. There's another one, John 15, 9, which I just love this bit. This shows closeness. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, and remember he knew that because even even in the baptism it said, this is my son whom I love, I'm well pleased. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. What a statement. Jesus, for all that closeness and real experience of God's love that he had, the kind of warmth and closeness that we would often love to feel and do occasionally, but often we don't. Jesus had that. And he said, that whole closeness and love that God has for me, I have that same feeling for you if you know me. So I think Jesus was pretty confident in who he was and his position. But at the end of the day, it really comes back to what do you say? It's not going to change the truth. Jesus either is the son of God or he is not, right? What you believe isn't going to change that any more than what you believe is going to change the color of my socks. How many people think I'm wearing yellow? How many people think I'm wearing black? Blue? It doesn't change it, does it? Okay, there you go. That's the color socks I'm wearing. And if you're at the back and you can't see it, sorry, life's tough. You should have sit at the front. Jesus is is the son of God or he's not. But you knowing what you believe can make a world of difference. I happen to believe that Jesus is the only son of God. Otherwise, Johnny would not have let me come to the front with the microphone to speak on this topic. And the reason I think it is he's unique. There's no one else who has been like him. 
He could have said whatever he wanted, but he was proven by what he did. Think of some of the miracles that he did. He raised the dead. That's not a bad one. Walked on water. That's quite good. Water into wine. One of the ones we'd rather have a bit more frequently. Healed the sick. Touched the lepers. So that's pretty impressive. But it's, for me, it's not even the miracles. It's what he did in between the miracles. Because he did the miracles, but then in between, he acted consistently holy and wonderful. He didn't get all, I'm really special because I can do miracles. Want to come see my miracle? He didn't set up a teleministry, did he? He actually quite often told people to not tell anyone else. Because he was doing it for the person he was helping. He never sinned. Jesus lived in a loving, kind, merciful way all the time. And that's the kind of thing that we as people cannot do. We can be good some of the time. He was good all the time. And if that's not enough, he came back from the dead, which is a pretty good trick. Because he said, I am the life and death can't beat life. And if you think about it, for 2,000 years, people have been believing this thing that sounds unbelievable. It sounds foolish. It sounds stupid. But billions of people literally have believed that Jesus is the Son of God. And I don't see how that can happen if there isn't some truth in it. But what about you? That's back to that final question. What do you think about Jesus being the Son of God? And I'm going to force you to think about it in a very obvious way. Now, you can refuse to participate in this, but I would like to invite you to do something. I'm going to set a scale up here on the front. From over here, which is a, I do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I understand the church says that, and it's written down in the Bible, but I don't trust the Bible. I come to church because the people are nice, and I think Johnny's cute, so I come for that, but I don't come because Jesus is the Son of God, okay? Or you can be in the middle going, don't really know. He's done some pretty amazing stuff. Can't see how else he could have done it, but I'm not convinced yet. I'm kind of, you know, but I'm here because once again, you know, they have coffee. And, um, or over here on this side with the manger to say, I am convinced Jesus is son of God. I don't have a doubt in my mind. Does that make sense? So it's a totally don't believe, totally do believe someplace in between. I would like to challenge all of you to stand up and stand on that chart wherever you believe. Okay. If you really don't want to, you can stay sitting. It's fine. But come and take a stand to force you in your own mind to say, what do I really believe? Go. And don't stand where you don't believe. This is really about us being honest. I'd like to point out that Rich believes more than Johnny. Oh, you really believe. And I hopefully Valerie's there because she's running sound. Okay, thank you. You can <laughs> all sit back down. I 
Once again, I did not in any way do that to force you to stand in a certain place. But folks, I want to make a point. We stood over here. If we are some of the people who know and believe and have experienced that Jesus is the Son of God, we are the people responsible for making sure all the rest of the world, which is over here mainly, knows and finds that out. That's why we're here at SMG. And that's why we shouldn't only be inside the church. So that's our challenge. Um, I'd like to invite you into a kind of a response thing now that's a bit more personal, though. Jesus, in my mind, came down to earth so we could understand God better. Yes, he died for our sins and the wonderful stuff on the cross. But there is an element of, I think he came and lived as a person to give us that sense of closeness and intimacy to him that we can't easily have with God, the awesome father, who is like, you know, power and everything. So for some of you this morning, the crucial thing with Jesus is you feel close to him. He is your buddy, right? He is your friend. And Jesus called his disciples. It was a stage he said, you are now my friends. He moved them into that closeness. So for some of you, that closeness is the crucial thing this morning. For some of it, though, let's remember that Jesus is the son of God. And God is awesome and infinite and all-powerful and stuff we don't understand and the judge and the creator. And sometimes we get so buddy with Jesus, we lose track of how awesome he is as God. I'd like you to invite you, and I'll give you about five minutes to do this, to spend five minutes with Jesus this morning based on which one of those two you need. If you just need to be close and intimate with Jesus and that's what really gives you your buzz, maybe you just want to stay where you are, close your eyes, and have a little talk with Jesus. For some of you, if you need to rediscover that sense of God, I want to feel that sense of how powerful Jesus is again, how he really is your son. I'd invite you to get up and come up to the front. That's not something we do much in our tradition. But let this represent Jesus. There's a cross there. Come up to the front and kneel. Because you kneel before something that's all-powerful and awesome. And have a talk with the all-powerful God. Or sit there and just have a talk with Jesus who loves you like God loves Jesus. I'll bring you back in about five minutes.
Thank you, Ken. What a wonderful invitation from God to um, know us more deeply, to know him more deeply.